Good morning, good morning. How are you guys? You guys doing well? So um, I wanted I wanted Junior to hang with me just for a second because Junior and I, as well as Asif, we are leaving on Tuesday to do a missions trip to Japan. And uh, so you may have heard the announcement before where we just created space for you guys to pray and to sow into it. Um, but this trip has got to be anointed by God because all of hell has come against it. I'm telling you. Um, almost all of the Dunamis team from Brazil had their visas revoked uh, this past week. And so we were going with so many people uh, over, to, over to Japan, a lot of Brazilians. And our plan was to do a church tour and um, to hit 22 churches in 12 days and to finalize with a conference for young adults. Um, I believe it's in Kyoto. I don't know. We'll be wherever they tell us, I guess. We'll just go wherever the Spirit leads. And um, it's, it's, if you know anything about Japan, they're less than 3% Christian. And so it's not a Christian nation and they don't, they're not really that welcoming to Christian conferences where the gospel of Jesus Christ is shared. And so basically they're just trying to stop it. But uh, thankfully for citizens of the UK and the US, we don't have to have visas. So unless they kick us out at the border, we're going to go preach the gospel in Japan on Tuesday. And... Um, you know, we just we just want some prayer. Actually, we want we want you guys to pray for us and and uh, and just bless this this trip. I mean, it's a missions trip, man. I haven't gone on a trip this long since I've been married, and that's a bummer. I don't want to be away from my wife for two weeks. I don't want to be away from you guys for two weeks. Um, but I just I thought it would be cool, you know, for you guys to pray for us and just kind of send us out. So um, yeah, Allison, come on up. Carl, why don't you come up as well? Carl and Lila. Um, you, if I, and anybody else who wants to lay hands on them. I mean, how often do we get to send our pastor out to preach the gospel to a different nation? It's anytime we send somebody who's a part of this family, we all go with them, right? Yeah, just extend your hands out to him, church. Just... Jesus, we're believing for the miraculous to break out in Japan. God, we ask that the gospel would reach every ear that needs to hear it, God. No heart left behind, Jesus. We send Lyle and Junior and Asif with the power of the Holy Spirit. God, we know that you're at work. You're going before them. You already have gone before them, making space and making a way. So Jesus, we just declare protection Lord, we declare supernatural intervention to the visa situation in Brazil. Lord, we just speak to every visa that's been revoked, Lord, that there would be some sort of supernatural intervention that those visas would be reinstated. Lord, we just ask that you would move in a mighty way and that every person that hears the gospel in Japan would meet you, the real Jesus. Let's just pray together. Lyle. Junior and Asaph, we bless you. We send you. We say go. Shake nations. Write history. 
change the world. In the name of Jesus, amen. Amen. Thank you guys so very much. Thank you, thank you so very much. You know, when we go on a missions trip, we all go on a missions trip. I'm, I'm going to try that again. When one of us goes on a mission trip, we all go on a mission trip. Amen. That's the beauty of being a part of a family because, you know, we go um, and we go with your prayers. And so we go with protection. And there's going to be breakthrough that's going to happen. I guarantee that. You know why? Because Jesus is going to show up. And he's so faithful. Like Jesus is so faithful to show up and do amazing things. And so we know Jesus is going to show up. And whatever fruit comes of this trip, whatever it looks like, souls, harvest, breakthrough, encouragement for the body of Christ in Japan. I mean, these guys, like they're pressing in, going after God, sharing the gospel in small groups, man. There's really not mega churches in Japan. I mean, it's a very, very small Christian community. And whatever, whatever happens over there, whatever we see, whatever we experience, first of all, we'll post it on Instagram, but we're going to bring it. We're going to bring it back, man, and put it down at the table and say, hey, let's all rejoice. Let's all celebrate. Let's all feast. Let's all give thanksgiving to what Jesus has done, because the impact that he's going to bring is going to be impact that we all participate in. Some of you guys don't believe that yet. And I, I, I really, you're like, yeah, that's cool. That's, yeah, that's great for you to say. You're going to Japan. Like we're going to be eating sushi boats all day. Just, yeah, we probably will. But we'll, yeah. Oh yeah, ramen, soba. I, I've, I've been there twice. Can I tell you guys something? This is, this, is, this is really cool for me to experience. We're literally going to preach. I mean, a lot of the preachers, their visas got revoked. So it's like us. All right, so we're preaching in 22 churches, like in 12 days. Like, y'all just pray for my, the voice box, all right, you know? And uh, we're, Junior's going to lead worship, and he'll probably preach some too. Ace of going to, we're just going to go for it, you know? And can I tell you guys something that in 2009, God spoke to me to go to Japan. 2009. And I knew that, for me, I knew that I was called to go to that nation. And I went to Tokyo in 2010 all by myself. I didn't know a soul. I didn't know one Japanese person. And all I did was prayer walk. That's an expensive prayer walk. You know, it, honestly, that's all I did. I walked around Tokyo. I just said, in Jesus' name, God, in Jesus' name, just bring your kingdom here, Lord. I don't speak any Japanese. And she, I, I did eat sushi. But like that, other than that, it's just, I just prayed. I just prayed, God, visit this place, God. Send revival this place, God. Bring breakthrough to this place, God. And here it is now. It's almost like 10 years later. All I'm saying, man, don't despise the days of small beginnings. What looks like a prayer walk today, you know, could be a 22 church tour revival tomorrow you just you don't know what you're praying into we just we stay faithful and we sow the seeds and we believe and and you know throughout the gospel you only see one proper response to abundance sharing 
you know, and we are a church, man. Look at this. Are you kidding me? Look at all you world changers in here. Were y'all in here for the worship? Were you, what about this side? I, this, this guy kind of like, yeah. yeah. What, were y'all in here for the worship, man? Like, I, man, God's doing something. God's doing something in our family. You're a part of something amazing. I believe it with everything in me. There are world changers in here, not bench warmers, world changers, people who are going to make a difference for God and leave a legacy. This is just an introduction, but it fits into what I'm going to share today. I'm going to talk to you guys about growth. And in talking about growth, man, this is a very interesting core value. It's our third core value. First one is presence. How many of you guys know we're a presence people? Right? We could easily rephrase our mission statement to this. We just want to be around God doing stuff. That's not very professional. So, you know, it's like, can you imagine that as a banner in front of the church? We just want to be around God doing stuff. Now, I don't know. I mean right? (laughs) That'd be pretty dope, wouldn't it? (laughs) Is it? I like that. Maybe, I don't know. So, t-shirts. Yes. We got to, we got to tell Asif about that. Yeah. Um, Or Shabazz, bro, you can make them. See, I'm trying to get him on record, but he's not admitting to it. So, uh, no, no. Our, our mission statement, who can tell me? Man, y'all, y'all just bless this pastor's heart. It was like, oh, yes. To grow the family of God. That's our mission statement. And what words stick out when you read that mission? Growing family, right? We talked about family. That's our second core value. Family is where you're loved into your purpose. Right? But when we talk about growth, man, when I tell people, hey, our mission statement is to grow the family of God, most of the time what they hear is like, grow. Like, are you just trying to grow? Like numerically, you just trying to be a mega church? You just trying to succeed? You just trying to achieve? You just trying to blow up? Like, cause that's, that's, you know, that's the culture we live in, right? Right? we, 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 We see it, we read it through the lens of consumerism. And so we start to think about it at, oh, this would you, no, no, no. I want you guys to understand what we mean when we say growth. When we say growth, we're talking about growing as disciples and we're talking about growing in disciples. What that means is we grow as disciples when we do Jesus's great commandment. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, and you shall love your neighbor as yourself. I want you to know right now, we have a motive, right? We have a plan for you as a member of the family. We want to see you grow as a disciple so that you love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength and that you love your neighbor as yourself. Is that okay? Let's look at the person next to you. Hey, we're talking about you. Talking about you. It's time to grow, man. It's time to grow. Hey, but here's the deal. We also want to grow in disciples. And we grow in disciples as we do Jesus's great commission. Go. How many of you guys know two-thirds of God's name is go? Go. <laughs> Some of you guys will get that later, I guess. I don't know. <laughs> go. <laughs> go. 
make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. When we start talking about growing in disciples, we're, we're talking about performing Christ's great commission. How many of you guys know that's not optional? You know what I'm saying? Like in my Bible, I open it up and there's a heading there. It says the great commission, right? But we often read that as the great suggestion. You know what I mean? The, the great option when I'm having a good day and I'm really pumped up because I've been listening to Todd White. I, I just preached at a conference with, with him this week. He's so lit, man. He is just lit. All the time, dude, he's just fired up, you know, and we're all called to it. We're all called to it. We're all called to grow. Everybody say with me, say, I am called to grow. Hey guys, this is the gospel. Jesus does not intend on leaving you the same. that brokenness, that weakness, those, those places that, you know, we might be afraid to show God are the places that he wants in. Those are the places, he said, let me heal you. Let me transform you. Let me take you from glory to glory, to glory, to glory, to glory. And here's the good news. God is going to do that for eternity. You're not just going to grow for the rest of your life and then die. You're going to grow for the rest of forever. Because the more you look at God, the more you become like God. And God's so big and God's so beautiful and God's so marvelous that even as he turns just a little bit and the angels get fresh revelation and say, oh, <laughs> holy, they tap each other, holy, serious? That's what we get to do. It's, it's not just like religious routine. You're holy. You're holy. You're holy. It's that we see new, beautiful facets of who God is. What? And we go from glory to glory and we're transformed into his image. God has a plan to grow you. And I want you to know that you're going to continue to grow. And that's why it's a part of our core value, because we believe that God has a passion to see you transformed. And here's the thing. God also has a passion to transform the world. You guys believe that? So why are we invested in keeping the world as it is? Just maintaining the status quo, not upsetting anybody too much. Just tweaking things just a little bit when they serve our own self-interest. I'm already like going in, aren't I? I haven't even read a scripture. All right? That, that would make this whole thing risk-free. You know? Wouldn't that be nice? risk-free religion you know what risk-free religion is 
idolatry. <laughs> Risk-free religion is idolatry. Well, you know, we don't want to change up too much. We don't want to we don't want to transform society that much. You know what I'm saying? Just when it serves my own personal self-interest. But see, Jesus arrives on the scene, man, and he is bent. He's passionate about changing the world as it is. Because he is about bringing another world. So how does he do that? I read the entire chapter of John 17, first service, and you can go back and listen to the podcast, and I'll read the entire chapter to you. But I'm just going to read a short passage from John 17 about how Jesus changed the world, how Jesus transformed the world, how Jesus brought heaven to earth, how Jesus came and, came and said, I'm here to grow the kingdom of heaven. I'm here to release. I'm here to announce. I'm here to grow. How did Jesus do that? Not in the way that we think he would. I can promise you that. You know, if you, if you look at the journey of Jesus, you'll eventually find Jesus falling to his knees in a place that in Hebrew is referred to as the oil press, which is the Garden of Gethsemane. Isn't it interesting how no one has ever followed God any closer than Jesus? And yet following God led him to a place called the oil press. I'm going to follow God. It's going to be great. Well, maybe you'll have to walk through the oil press because that anointing that you've been crying out for, God wants you to have it. He just needs to squeeze you a little bit first. Are you guys with me today? I don't know. Y'all are quiet. Am I, am I being weird? Right? And so... So Jesus gets to this place where he's like, oh, I'm in the oil press. Can you imagine what he was thinking about? You think he was thinking about his mom? You think, you think he was thinking about his brothers? He's thinking about people he spent time with? Think about his family? He started crying out to God. And he knows these moments before the arrest. And as he starts to he's, he's not preaching he's praying he's praying I mean if you ever wanted a glimpse into the humanity the divinity the, the passion the purpose of Jesus just read through John 17 if you ever want to figure out how did Jesus perform the mission that the father had called him to just read John 17 and it's got this real colorful language. It's almost hard to comprehend because it's so full. But let me read, read verse 20 through 23 in the message, all right? I didn't read it in the message in the first service, so you guys are getting a different message. Quite literally. I'm praying not only for them. Everybody say the 11. 
And I'm not saying the 12 because we know that Judas has already sold Jesus out for 30 pieces of silver. And so we got Jesus who's down here on his knees, right? He, he, he's, he's left the 11. He's gone a little further. He's left the three. He's, he's praying. And he said, I'm not only praying for them, but also for those who will believe in me. He's talking about the growth of his church. He's talking about the growth of the disciples that he's been pouring in to these 11. And as a result of him growing these 11, there's going to be growth of his church. There's going to be more disciples. And so he's praying into that. He said, I'm also praying for those who will believe in me because of them. Everybody say the 11. And their witness about me. The goal is for all of them to become one heart and mind, just as you, Father, are in me and I in you, so they might be one heart and one mind with us. Then the world might believe that you, in fact, sent me. Jesus is talking about global evangelism as a result of his relationship with 11 men. Does that not fascinate you guys? Does it not fascinate you that there was no greater missionary that has ever walked planet Earth other than Jesus and he, and he never left his home country. You ever think about that? Isn't that wild? Because he did it in a subversive way. He did it in a different way. He didn't do it in a conference. He did it in a covenant. Whenever he said, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to change the world. Here's how I'm going to change the world. I'm going to give my life to 11 guys. What? Are you serious? Can you imagine if you had three years to transform the world? Can you imagine? I'll just stop there. I won't read the rest. Can you imagine? It's all good. Just read it. It's a homework. Hey, you know, the Bible, it's, it works the same on Monday. <laughs> Shots fired. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Sorry, Kelly. Sorry. <laughs> okay. Uh, wearing her out, man. Imagine if you had three years to change the world. Like your calling, the calling of God that is upon your life. You got three years. You got three years. That's all you got. What would you do? How would you spend those three years? I, I can imagine that for me, if I was thinking about, man, the severity of changing the world and all I have is three years, man, I got to find some investors. You know what I'm saying? I got to find some investors. I got to get some money. Right? And, and Jesus, he said, man, foxes have holes. Birds have nests. But the Son of Man has no place to lay his head. Jesus understood that covenant was more powerful than currency. I feel like I should just say that again, you know? Jesus understood something, guys. He understood that covenant was more powerful than currency. 
And, and you know, I'm like, oh, God, I got to get some money. I'm going to have to find some investors. I'm going to have to figure out, like, how to have a conference. I need to have a, a, a mega, mega conference. I need to get a jumbotron and, you know, rent the Dallas Cowboys Stadium and pack everybody in there and, you know, try to get... You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I'm going to need to do some mission trips. And, like, I need to go around the world. And I'll probably have to fly, like, 250,000 miles this year. And, like, I'm, I'm just going to have to leave leave my fam. And I'm going to have to go and do I'm going to have to... I'm going to have to get a good social media presence, man. I'm going to have to get more followers. And I'm going to have to get a good stream going. And I'm, I'm just going to have... It's going to have to blow up and get big. And, and, and then I got to get everybody's attention. I got to grab everybody's attention. But Jesus did it differently. Right? He said, he said, no, no, no. It's, it's not about the attention of the crowds. It's about the connection of a few. See, here's what the church proclaims. Church proclaims the changed world as a result of changed men and women. The church proclaims the changed world as a result of changed men and women. I know so many young people are like, I'm a world changer. It's like, who are your friends? You know? <laughs> like, do you, who are you connected to? Who are you being discipled by? Who's your pastor? Where do you go to church? Well, I don't really go to one church. I just, okay, all right. Who's discipling you? Who's pouring into you? I, I, I watch live stream. You know, what I, you know what I find pretty consistent? And I, I'm not trying to knock anybody. I'm just trying to be honest. You know what I find pretty consistent with that idea? Is that those people are so passionate about being poured into. But it never leads them to pouring into anybody else. So they've literally created a different version of Christianity. Right? And it's crazy, man, because rather than them be growing and being transformed into the image of Jesus, Jesus is steady being transformed into their image. <laughs> and, and their God all of a sudden just looks like them. And, and, and their whole idea of faith is just how, many, how much information that they can take in. And how can they apply that? Better said, leverage that for their own personal benefit and success. Right? And that's great. That'd be awesome as like a personal development e-course. But it's not the gospel. Because you ain't on the throne, man. I'm not on the throne. I may have a moment of clarity and goodness where you're like, man, God's so holy. But I can promise you, I'm going to let you down. We're going to let each other down. But that's why he's at the epicenter. That's why we continue to look at him because this is how we grow. Is that Jesus grows us. And the, and the thing is, man, that Jesus didn't even, didn't even go quick. You notice, like, if you look at it historically, Jesus just sort of steadily, slowly 
ramped up in his ministry. It wasn't like things blew up from day one. Okay, I am now starting ministry. I'm going to blow the place up. I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to send out a press release. Son of God has landed. It didn't happen like that. He didn't start. He didn't start with the stage. He didn't start by going to the world. He started by, he went to the wilderness. Right? He's like, I know I'm destined for breakthrough, but I'm not going to have breakthrough with people until I'm broken in myself. And I, 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 need, I need your heart, God, to pour into people. I need your heart, God, to disciple people because I know the depravity of man. I know the sinful inclinations. I know the selfish ambitions. And I need patience. I need virtue. I need power. I need strength. I need the spirit. I need truth. Because this ain't all about me. And that's the thing about fasting, man. It helps you learn that real quick. Because right when you think you're strong, 2 p.m. comes. You know what I'm saying? And you don't even like Mexican food, but you're pulling into a Taco Bell. You're right. I need those churro things. You know, it's like. (laughs) Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Jesus just did it different, man. He did it subversively. He started and he stayed small. And he was never anti-crowds, but the crowds were never the focus. Right? I mean, he took a Long John Silver's kids meal and he fed 5,000 people. Like, he's not anti-crowd. He ministered to the multitudes. And he did it with good administration. You ever notice that? Some people are like, Jesus just willy-nilly. No, Jesus said, y'all sit down in groups of 50. That's another message. Jesus was strategic, man. He wasn't playing games. He was 12. Like, didn't you know I'd be about my father's business? Y'all think I'm playing games? Right? So he's in the back. Come back, Holy Spirit. You know, so he's in the wilderness. Right? And he leaves the wilderness. He leaves the wilderness. 40 days, right? He leaves the wilderness. and, And he knows who he is. And, and what does he do? What does he do? He, he, doesn't, he doesn't have a conference. Right? He doesn't, he doesn't blow up. He doesn't buy followers. <laughs> everybody's like, everybody's like, okay. <laughs> I love you too, bro. Um, but he starts by, he's just walking the shoreline. He's like some average dudes. Come follow me. It's some average dudes. Some normal dudes. They don't have no religious pedigree. They didn't write a doctor a doctorate dissertation. They didn't have some amazing spiritual mom, spiritual dad. They, 
They're just blue collar people, man. Or to put it another way, they were entrepreneurs. They had their own business. They were out there supporting their family through their fishing. Nothing special about these guys. And Jesus says, hey, um, you and you follow me. And they said, we're going to go tell our brothers. Okay, bring them, follow me. These are normal people, man. And, and, and notice, they don't ramp up and start doing amazing things right away. If you look at it historically, there's not a ton that happens the first year. And Jesus' time clock is ticking. He's only got three. And the man spends the first in relative quiet going around and talking to normal dudes. Are you serious? This is the way that you grow the kingdom, Jesus? You're the son of God. Give us a demonstration. Show us an example of how to become a world changer. And Jesus is like, okay, give your life away to imperfect people who will turn their back on you and sell you short for 30 pieces of silver, who will deny you on your worst day, even your best friend who leaves you and then denies you three times while you're stripped naked, spit on and smacked in the face while blindfolded. Give your life away to those. That's how you grow the kingdom. And we get mad when people unfollow us on Instagram. Hey, real talk, Jesus got unfollowed all the time. (laughs) Just let it go, man. Right? Jesus taught us something. He taught us that our follower count never determines our value. Because even when it got big, he was like, I dismiss (laughs) y'all. Right? Just, Just massive unfollowing. Right? No, we got to keep this thing pure, man. Because it's not, it's not about the size. It's about the covenant. It's about, it's about me sharing my life. It's about me giving my life away. And that's what, that's what we're seeing here in John 17, guys. In John 17, we see at the end of Jesus' ministry, right before he's arrested, this is what he's doing. He's praying and he's giving his life. And for the first five verses of John 17, if you read the whole chapter, for the first five verses, he prays for himself. From verse 6 through 26, which is 20 verses of Scripture, which is the, the bulk of John 17, the high priestly prayer, it's all intercession. He's not even praying for himself. He's praying for the 11 that he's poured into. He's saying, God, this is how we change the world. This is how we transform the nations. This is how we bring the gospel of the kingdom. These 11 guys, these 11 average dudes, these 11 imperfect people, these 11 people that everybody else has counted out, I have completely given my entire life to them. And through them, God, you're going to grow this thing all over the planet without frequent flyer programs, without... YouTube Live, no great technology, no easy means of travel, but through pouring in and sharing his life with the 11, the growth of those few people would bring about the growth of the kingdom of God. This is a subversive way to think about growth. It's a subversive way to think about evangelism. It's a subversive way to think about missions. But this is the way Jesus taught us to do missions. When we think about missions, man, we think about getting on a plane and going halfway around the world. When Jesus thought about missions, he thought about breaking bread and sharing wine. He said, this is how we're going to change the world. Take some bread. Take some wine. This is how we're going to change the world. 
pushes himself back from the table, wraps a towel around his waist. Y'all are all about to turn on me in about three hours. Y'all are all about to desert me. Y'all are all about to leave me. Let me wash your feet first. This is, this is, this is how we grow. You know, we'll do one chorus as we're closing, but I want to say this real quick. Even though the gospel, the, the gospel doesn't outline for us that these disciples were well-trained, the disciples were teachable. If you want to know the one qualification that I feel like stands out as we sort of, sort of kick off this season of talking about growth, the one qualification that stands out is this, is that the disciples were teachable. You know, there's a big difference in being trainable and being teachable. Right? All it takes is obedience to be trained, but it takes vulnerability to be teachable. Training is all about your actions, but teachability is all about your attitude. And that's the thing that made the disciples so unique is that they were teachable. They asked questions. They were hungry. They invited Jesus into their heart. They said, hey, man, rearrange this stuff in here. Jesus is teaching the Pharisees, man. They're always around getting mad. You mad, bro? Right? They're always mad. One time Jesus is teaching, and Jesus is like, I came so that the blind could see, and those who confess to see will be shown to be blind. You guys remember that? The Pharisees are like, what are you talking about, Jesus? I got a PhD. I've been a priest for 44 years. I pray very loudly. And I wear long robes. Right? That's, that's essentially. Our, what are you saying? We're not blind. And Jesus says, because you confess to see, you're blind. Because you say you see, you're blind. And that's the thing. Like it's, it's right there. I think right there is a key to teachability. It's that we don't confess to know everything. It, it, we don't confess to see everything. We don't confess to have it all figured out. We don't confess to having arrived. Those who were most biblically prepared are those who missed the Messiah. Right? They were the ones who should have recognized it. They were the ones who should have been like, this is the Son of God, but instead it wasn't them. It was a man standing in the wilderness in a camel hair tuxedo who ate a buffet of crickets. He was the one. Why? It's because he said, man, I'm here to bear witness to Jesus. I'm not pretending I'm anybody. I'm not, I'm not acting like I'm anything. Now, I know who I am as a son. I know who I am as a daughter. But I'm here to bear witness to Jesus. I'm teachable. I'm open. Jesus, what do you want to show me? What do you want to teach me? 
One of the greatest places to be taught is an environment where people are so different than you. You guys hear what I'm saying? That's why it's so good the way God's raising up this family. There are people here from all over the place, all over the world, many different ages, many different cultures, many different races. There are people from all over the world and we all have different opinions. I'm not getting any good amens out of this. But every now and then we need to have like our fundamental assumptions shaken. Revelation's not real until it's been tested. Every now and then just needs to be shaken up. And this is how we grow. And this is, this is what God does. You guys ever heard that phrase, God offends the mind to reveal the heart? God will mess you up. The truth will set you free. But first it will burn your biscuits. You know what I'm saying? Like, it will mess with you. You'll be like, I don't ain't true, but I'm so attracted to it. What? I gotta pray about that. You guys know what I'm talking about? See, it's good. Sometimes all it does is reinforce what you already confessed to believe, but now it's stronger and now it's more powerful. And now you can take it in the middle of a fight and say, oh, this has been tested. I know that this is truth. I'm battle ready, man. Grow. We gotta, we gotta grow. We gotta grow. We grow here, kingdom grows. When you grow, the kingdom grows. When you give yourself to growth for the sake of the kingdom, you leave a legacy. You don't just live for momentary applause, but you do something bigger than yourself. So how many of you guys are ready to grow? If, if, if you're ready to grow, I'm kind, of, I'm kind of baiting the hook here, but if you're ready to grow, let's just stand up. better his way let's grow so we're walking out of here bigger how many guys can say you grew today how many guys can say the Holy Spirit grew me today God grew me today so as you're released as you're blessed I want to challenge you man go grow somebody else go so into their lives invite them over for dinner this week pray for them bless them yeah we're leaving bigger leaving bigger